0: Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. Vance, how are you today? I'm absolutely fantastic. Seth, what's going on?
2: Doing great, Eric. Man,
1: glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm kind of in the dark today. I know that we're going to be talking about some rules, but that's really all you guys have given me. So what's, what are we talking about? Well, Eric, today we're going to talk
3: about uh, some things that just keep on plaguing people. When it comes to money, uh, people will do things with money they would never do with what money buys. Well, let me give you an example. Would you buy a car and park it on the street for five years before you drove it? No. No. I want to drive it now. Would would you buy a loaf of bread and stick it in the freezer for five years before you ate it? That's just gross. I'm just saying. (laughs) You you see what I'm saying? But people will do strange things with money. They'll move money and they'll park it so that they can't get at it. They just do strange things with money. Hmm. And we hear complaints all over the place. I've worked really hard. I'm not financially where I want to be and I think maybe all of us can say that and have said that at one time or another so today we want to focus on the three main principles three main rules that make people successful it's as easy as baking a cake all right but if you decide to change up the ingredients or if you don't follow the recipe that a cake will never turn out every single time so that's where we're going to go today and Seth has uh, really helped me clarify a lot of this principal work as we've worked together over the years so we're going to be bouncing off and go as deep as we want to and Eric we're going to let you be the pulse here if we want to further explain uh, a little bit deeper but what we're trying to do for our audience out there is to help people change the decisions they've made. Because these three rules, everybody knows about, and almost in every situation, very consciously, people have made choices not to obey them or not to follow them. So let's dig into this right now. The first rule that everybody needs to know about and follow is called the 10% rule. If I say, Eric, what
1: the 10% rule is, do you know what that is? Is it uh, that 10% of the people have all the money?
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's probably pretty good. (laughs) Something like that? I don't know. Which 10% rule are you talking about? This goes back anciently when we deal with money. We work very hard to earn our money, and in order for us to be able to take possession of it, we kind of have to pay everybody else along the way, and then we get possession of it. And then we have to live life. Who's the most important person that we should pay when we get our take-home money? Oh, yeah. It's ourselves. It's ourselves. And the rule is at least 10%. And it goes back anciently, biblically, however you want to look at it. But it's a formula of success. And people know about this. Everybody that I I ask the question to, yeah, I know I'm supposed to pay myself first. So it's important for us to dissect this and find out why we don't. We want everyone to understand why this rule is so critical. And because of maybe the way we think, maybe because of imagination, our thought process, we overlook some absolutely fantastic earning situations. So let's go through a few of these things and expound these questions. We're supposed to pay ourselves first, and it's supposed to be 10%. Seth, tell us a couple of reasons why sometimes we have to put that behind. We don't pay ourselves first. We find ourselves maybe at the end of the line instead of the
2: front. You know, I think one of the reasons people respond in fear and pay things that are the most urgent without implementing a plan I think sometimes if they don't have a disciplined strategy, paying themselves first, they do what's urgent. They pay for the car repair. They pay their utilities that happen to double. They pay for the air conditioning that broke. And at the end, they don't have any left over to pay themselves. So that's one of the things that could be right. responsible for that.
3: Let's dissect this a little bit. Let's do an everyday life scenario, and let's use the maybe the average American that brings home. Uh, $6,000 a month after tax, and they've heard about the 10% rule now, and they want to live it. So the first thing they're supposed to do is write them out a check for $600 and set it on the table, and now it comes time to pay all the rest of the bills. So we start paying the bills with the rest of the money, and we get down through this stack of bills, and we're now out of money. But <laughs> as Murphy Law always, you know, results in one more bill. Mm-hmm. There's an unexpected bill here, and it is due today, and it is for six hundred dollars. So, what do ever? What does people do? Honestly, do you think in this situation, Eric? What would? What do you think the average person would do? Ooh,
1: we pay the bill. That's what we we'd always done, right? Because you have an obligation.
3: Okay, so yeah, it's an obligation. So we would take that $600, and let's say that bill is exactly for $600, we would take the money that we paid ourselves to pay the bill, wouldn't we? As everybody knows as they're listening to our podcast, we're in the self-banking business. We're bringing the banking equation back into our lives. Here is the absolute perfect setup and scenario to make money that we just bypass so let's take a look at it totally different we paid ourselves six hundred dollars what was our intent to pay ourselves with this money seth what do we do with our savings what do most people think they should be doing with it
2: some people nest egg it and 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 let it uh, lie asleep but the prudent thing is to put it to work and keep it moving Okay,
3: Seth said the exact words we needed to hear, was to put that money to work, to earn more money for the nest egg or for retirement or for income later on. And yet, Murphy's Law just handed us the perfect scenario. What if we were to take that $600 and employ that money to pay that bill? So let me change the word employ to finance that bill could we set up a repayment structure eric that would fit our budget
1: oh yeah i'd hope so because that like you said if the 600 hundred dollar bill is a kind of an outlier but it happens every once in a while maybe there's a car repair that's not going to happen every month so i would assume that you'd be able to set up a repayment plan for that
3: Okay, so the goal is to make money on it. So do do you want your earnings high or low? Oh, high, of course. If you could make 20-plus percent, would you want to do that? Mm Mm-hmm. So we could attach an interest rate to our liking and put it there, and we could still arrange the actual payment back to ourselves, whatever would fit, couldn't we? Yep folks, here's what is is so exciting about this. We could have this bill, this $600 working for us at 21% and take 10 years to pay that off. We don't care how long it takes to get that money back because we're making 21%, right? Mm -hmm. Now, some of our audience might be a little disappointed in 21%. So what if we told them it was tax-free? There's no taxable events in this setup. Sounds good. You're virtually running your own economy. So our job is to put this money to work. This 10%, what that means, if nothing else happens in this situation, the only thing that happened is that we were better off by $600 that month. Now let's say next month happens, or in the next three months, another one of those happen how long would it take to finance some of our unexpected bills to have a pretty good income coming in at a high rate of return? It wouldn't take very long, would it? Mm -mm. The 10% assures us that we will always be headed in the right direction. So Seth, can you think of any other implications that might have or any more example that uh, you might want to throw in there?
2: Sure. The money we pay ourselves is effectively capitalizing our bank, our private family bank. and then we effectively we purchase any outstanding obligation or debt. and in this situation, $600 doesn't seem like a lot. It could be 6000 it could be 60000 and depending on what's in your bank is what you're going to use to effectively purchase that debt or obligation. With this example with $600, let's say if, if you wanted to make 25% on it or 50%, you could simply put a, a note in place from your private bank with a system where you effectively pay your note off every month and accomplish that amount of interest rate. And that's all tax free within your own private economy. That's exactly right. So you control the banking aspect of it. You control and you really you're not losing the money. You're not losing control of the money. And it's going to work for you in a tax free system. Am I getting that right? absolutely so seth why do people choose not
3: to obey this rule do you think
2: i don't think people may be aware of it but to some extent or they're afraid or they're undisciplined
1: i think guys honestly one of the things that comes up when you ask that question is when families are very first starting out if they don't have this discipline in place and, and realize the potential that you're talking about it just becomes a habit, right? You're paying out these bills. You don't pay yourself first because you're concerned or scared about what bill might crop up or inflation that's going on now. So I I need to have this set aside in case gas is gonna cost me more. And when you get into a pattern of that, it's incredibly difficult to break. I mean, I've been there.
3: I think we all have, Eric. We've all been there. We lose sight. And one of the geniuses, from R. Nelson Nash, my tutor in the private banking uh, whole strategy. He had a, a foresight and a, a way of looking at things almost like a child. If If you look at a young person, <clears throat> their imagination knows no bounds. Mm-hmm. They could be absolutely overjoyed, or maybe it's a lightning bolt maybe it's a thunderclap or whatever else but they could literally be shocked into terror where they actually fall on the ground and can't do anything but cry because their imagination runs away with them Mm -hmm. i think the three of us have learned to curtail that and many times in life it's to our detriment we limit we put stakes in the ground saying okay i've got the stake i know how far i can go i'll go no further and the same thing with understanding the flow of money if people were taught at the beginning through uh, education process schooling and everything how money really works they would understand a better way an easier way than to just spend money one time so this first rule is important everybody needs to understand it it's a question That I ask everybody who comes in, meets with me through an exploratory call. I ask them, are you living what's called Parkinson's law? And that law is found in Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, which is we bring home more than we spend. As long as we're doing that, then we have that access or that 10% or whatever that will cause us to go in the right direction. He also warns that if you aren't bringing home more than you're spending, he puts it this way, go in the backyard, dig a hole, jump in, and have your neighbors bury you, because you're gonna be a slave to the system the rest of your life. And there's so much financial slavery in America, only the secret is Americans don't know they're in slavery. So that's rule number one and we've got to conquer that we've got to pay ourselves first it's really easy it will still handle all your bills you don't have to be afraid of not handling a bill you just need to understand oh i had that repair or that doctor visit or whatever else i might be underwater a little bit but tell you what i can put up even if it's 25 dollars or less a month I can finance that bill and have that money working for me and come back into my possession over time. I'm not going to lose it. And I put it to work safer than any place I possibly could put it, someplace else, to try to earn a higher earning. So that's rule number one. I want everybody to understand that and look at that and commit to live the 10% law. And I promise you, you'll always be better off the next month and if you get to a situation like we've explained that you've got to make choices here you still put yourself at the head of the line there's no more important factor than yourselves that need to be paid first so you wanna treat yourself that way as well
4: do you see yourself in that story Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Are you ready for help? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com.
3: Seth, I'll bet you can guess what the second principle that we've got to follow is. What is that?
2: Don't ever spend the principle.
3: <laughs> I don't know if people have ever listened to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's one of the most successful mutual fund or stock managers ever known, period. He, he has been said to know more about the companies that he is investing in than the actual chief financial officers of the companies. He goes in and does enough research and decides where that company is going to go and can literally get them there because he goes in with a team and said, look, we want to invest in your company. We want it to grow X amount. We want to help you get there. And usually those who accept that help are big winners, but he has a philosophy and i also know a little bit about donald trump's background and he's a very flamboyant individual some people like him some people don't but he's very successful with money he's probably uh, the main president that didn't take any income from his office as president and when he got back four years later he was worth more than when he left and they live by this Second rule or it's part of their mantra in, in their own lives Warren Buffett says it this way There are two rules you cannot break Rule number one, never, ever, ever and He says that three times Never, ever, ever spend principle Rule number two Don't even contemplate breaking rule number one. What's that important? So let's dissect that. Seth, can you give us a definition
2: of what principle is and how principle comes into existence? Well, it's created from your earnings, what you make. One of the things I always say is you have to have a plan in place to keep what you make. And if you don't, you're not protecting the asset, and it's going to slip through your fingers like, sand on the seashore so that's a part of it
3: okay Eric, do you have maybe another definition another idea of what principle is principle
1: is what you have and you can hold on to that's untouched by uncle sam and things like that because you've already been taxed most likely
3: everybody has that concept and everybody has pretty much heard don't spend your principle but on the other hand all the people we've trusted in life Our mentors, our financial gurus all spend principle. They all break this rule. So here's a good, clear definition of principle principle is the money earned by blood, sweat, and tears. And after uh, government has taken their bite what comes into your possession is principle. So that could be from sweating out investments and taking the gain off the table. It could be real estate and selling the property and taking those gains. It could be hourly work or salary work, working for someone else. But that money that comes into our possession is principle. Now, all these gurus who are very successful with money say you can't spend it so here's where we introduce what i call the herd mentality eric if enough people do the wrong things if we get enough people doing the wrong thing does that make it right
1: no it it doesn't make it right and it, it's funny you mention it i'm not going to derail this but there was a study done a long time ago in, in an elevator where a couple of people were in the elevator and they're facing backwards. And then somebody would get on the elevator, a normal person, and then they would go to the next floor. And the next couple of people that got on would all face backwards. And you could slowly watch the person that was in there riding the elevator normal. They would slowly turn around and face backwards because everybody else was doing it. Even though you never <laughs> stand backwards in an elevator. It was just that herd mentality. It was that, quote unquote, peer pressure. It's the funniest video to watch, but they just would turn because they felt so out of place. Oh, that is such a perfect example. Thank you so much for that.
3: Yeah, It is the peer pressure. Everybody's doing it, okay? And look at what's happening in our country today. We're being bombarded by many false things out there. And the pressure is to do it, literally, one percent or two percent seem to be running our country on ideas and philosophies that just are not sound. Mm-hmm. But we digress. Let's get back to the principal issue here. How is it that we're told never to spend principle, but yet that's really the only thing that will get us through being able to live and survive? And here's one of the things that we introduce and Seth can give us a little more detail once I outline this we only get to spend a dollar one time that comes into our control and then it goes back to the banks let's take a look at the banks for a minute the banks always get the money back no matter what the banks are getting the money back we as a family unit or an individual unit spend money once and gone forever. And we've got to go re-earn principal. And so one of the most devastating things when we spend principal, we have to replace it throughout our lifetime. If we can build a silo of money and, and, rat hole and put in investments or someplace enough money, then we fall under what's called a retirement socialistic program. We think we can retire, and then it's just how long will that siphon out of that uh, silo of money last us. But guess where it's going back to the banks. It doesn't have to be that way. If the banks can get the money back, so can we. And so I wanna throw out there a little bit of a question. And Seth, you can take this from here. If we can show you how to get back a hundred percent of someone's monthly expenses, would you then be spending principal? Is that a question for me? Yeah, yeah. You or Eric? If we can show you how to get back a hundred percent of your monthly expenses, would you then be spending principal? No, we wouldn't be, but we would put it be ha- putting it to work, wouldn't we? Of course. And we would be doing the exact same strategy that the banks are doing. Because if it came back to us, we could use that money over again. But to hear this and hear us say this, it's not exactly what people can think about because there's some huge missing components. So, Seth, expound, if you would, a little bit about the use of principle versus maybe spending
2: We're talking about consumptive use versus investment use. If you go and you consume the principal by things that give you no return on the investment or no return on the dollar, you're simply using the money and having to earn it again. Whereas if you put the principal to work for you, you've got a return on that investment and you've got a structured cash flow, like an investment property or any other t- thing like something that spits out dividends there's the difference in my mind
3: okay i agree with that we really need to understand this second principle that we have to follow which is never spending principle so we've identified exactly what principle is we've identified we haven't told you yet but there's a way to use your principal and get it back every single month. You know, if you set up the strategy like the banks do to get the money back, so we're putting the money to work. It's vital that we put the money to work. We want to go into much more detail, we're getting to the end of this podcast now and so we probably uh, want to tell people uh, about how they can contact us and go forward and then we'll come back in our next podcast we'll pick up from where we left off here and dissect using principle and and introduce what's called volume
2: rate of return which is how money is
3: really made. Folks
2: can find us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. That's privatebankingstrategies.com. And on the website, you uh, are actually going to be given a gift for visiting us, and that is a red pill book, we like to call it, with a secret that banks don't like to tell you in a way that you can increase your wealth. And we've got uh, a number of valuable secrets in there that people always love to learn. Maybe some of our audience is aware of them, and maybe some are not. But we offer you that, that book as a gift. We've also got all of our podcasts there on the website. We've got a number of other resources and blog articles that you can uh, go through and, and learn about private banking strategies and some of the concepts we're talking about. But, yeah, looking forward to jumping into the second episode of, of this doubleheader and, and learning more about how to, to put this money to work, Vance, in a velocity of money and volume of rate of return.
3: Yeah, I agree. I just think if people can mull this over the first principle, and we've only barely gotten into half of the 10% rule, And we've only gotten into maybe the first half of never spending principle. We want to make sure everybody gets this information. So as we bring the second half on, everybody's ready to receive this information and hopefully they'll leave the podcast better off than they entered.
1: Yeah, and I I think the most important part, listening audience is this, is that you can go and listen to all the different podcasts that these two have done. I've been on this journey with them for, for quite a while now. I'm learning things every podcast. What this does and what I hope that this podcast did and that this next one's going to do is plant a seed, right? It's going to be something where you're probably going to leave this podcast with more questions than you have answers, which is fine. But what you're doing is you're asking some questions. They gave you some contact information. You're going to get contact information on the next podcast as well. Reach out to them. Ask those questions. These guys can really dive in deep when it's a one-on-one situation. The podcast is educational. It is for for you to learn and, and hear and understand some of these concepts, but they're just barely scratching the surface or else this would be like a 17-hour podcast for one of these subjects. Please like, subscribe. We're going to talk about that in a second, but understand you got to reach out. Have a conversation with these guys. It, it, it'll be very beneficial. Vance, Seth, thank you so much for your time today. This was fantastic. And again, I've got lots of questions, so we'll be talking. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. You bet. And of course, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Private Banking Strategies podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe down button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Private Banking Strategies, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day.
4: And we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Thank you for
0: listening to the Private Banking Strategies Podcast.